Hey, I'm Jeff Smith. And I'm Ashley Fitzsimmons from OIA. Welcome to A Genius, OIA's podcast. Where we roundtable discussion with thought-leading agents, some of the best practices and technology solutions agents are using to grow their business and compete in the modern insurance marketplace. Thank you uh, all for joining us again today. We are excited to talk about lead generation, lead generation, lead refer, uh, referrals, recommendations, um, all of the things, the tools that agents are using to build that pipeline, to get more prospects and to grow their businesses. So um, thanks again. We're excited to have this group of technology thought leaders um, out in the agency community with us and on the OIA team. So while we get, as we get started, I'm going to do a quick introduction. Again, my name is Jeff Smith. I am the um, CEO of the Ohio Insurance Agents Association, and we're um, excited to have this group of technology, um, again, agency technology leaders and um, our, uh, our team of, 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 of agency technology um, thought leaders as well here to, uh, to share with you some um, of the cool things that we're doing and seeing out in the community. So with that, I'm going to just um, briefly talk about the people who are with us um, in our office. We've got Jason Walker, who uh, many of you know Jason. He used to lead Smart Harbor, um, which is now part of ITC, a digital marketing company. Um, Jason is leading the efforts at the OIA um, to help be a technology advisor for independent insurance agencies and helping you all um, determine and, 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 and evaluate your technology stack, the roadmap that you with which you leverage technology to grow your business and enhance your business. So uh, Jason's with us today and he'll share some thoughts and comments as we get started. Um, and then Ashley Fitzsimmons is with us as well. Ashley is, um, she's our customer experience manager, but um, that's, a, I guess it's a fancy way for saying that she leads our uh, peer exchange efforts where we bring agencies together, agency leaders together um, to learn and share ideas about how they're growing their business. Um, and then she also does some consulting for us and some outside sales. So that's our team internally. And so with that, um, really quickly, I'm going to introduce the folks that we have on the line. Russ Davies, who's the managing partner at Anders O'Neill and Lowe. Um, we've got Toledo, but it's really all of Northwest Ohio, multiple locations. Russ, why don't you, well, actually, what I'm going to do is I'm going to have each of you introduce yourselves with the first question. Um, then we've got Jonathan Theaters, um, mainly based out of Southwest Ohio with Risk Source Clark Theaters Agency. He's the CEO of that agency. I know they also have a footprint um, in Tennessee now, and maybe he'll talk to that as he introduces himself. And then um, our, our other participants, Al Thomas, um, who's the president and principal of Wickard Insurance Group um, across the state of Ohio. So those that's our team of um, panelists today. Unfortunately, others couldn't make it, but um, I think we've got, you know, some um, the best of the best here to talk to us about lead generation. So with that, um, we'll jump into uh, today's topic and, and our and our folks can introduce themselves as we uh, as we get started. Um, so we are going to talk about um, lead generation, the tools that you're using, the approach that you're taking, your expectations with lead generation companies, um, generating leads, which has turned into what a lot are calling recommendations and referrals now. It's just the general tenor of the industry is such that um, I think lead generation companies have, have um, you know, kind of waved the white flag to say, 
uh, or at least the modern uh, lead generation companies, they don't want to be associated with that because the experience has been so poor for agencies in terms of how they've been bought and sold. And with that, um, maybe, Jason, you can talk about, before we tee up our our, um, our, our agent panel leaders, um, maybe you can talk a little bit about what your experience has been in the lead generation world, how these leads are bought and sold constantly, the the, the experience you've had kind of coaching agents on how to engage in the lead generation space. Sure. Thank you, Jeff. And uh, good to talk to everybody this morning. In past lives, uh, working with carriers plus their distribution channel of insurance agencies, we had the opportunity to run a lot of lead generation, demand generation, referral-like programs on behalf of independent insurance agencies. And the goal was to drive quality leads, whether that's personal lines leads, commercial lines leads, and then even some of your financial services when it comes to life and annuity leads into agencies and have them warm those leads up and ultimately drive it into some type of conversion that hopefully results in new revenue for the business. And we had a lot of learnings along the way, a lot of stumbling blocks to overcome. So as you guys can probably imagine and you've received calls from lead providers, there are many. And a lot of them were playing in the personal line space to start because that's where you have millions of consumers that are online searching. And usually they're doing that in order to be able to compare, uh, a lot of it has to do with price. And so lead providers really started out by pushing a lot of quantity and less of quality. And it's also important to note that your lead, unless you're paying a premium for exclusive leads, are probably being resold four to five times, and it's all happening instantaneously. And so that can create some challenge and issue within an agency because if your staff isn't ready to field those leads as they're coming through, a lot of them through the phone and quick connections, you're going to lose that customer almost as immediately as you gain them coming through your channel because it depends on which agency's picking up first, warming it up, and trying to make sure that it fits the appetite of the carrier partners that you have on the back end. And so that creates this whirlwind of sometimes confusion for the consumer and upsets them. And then for the agents, they're trying to land business and they're competing with four to five others that have also bought that lead. And as you become more sophisticated, there are ways to be able to pay for exclusive leads. Usually you're gonna have to pay a little bit more per lead in order to get first right of refusal, but you have to make sure that your team is sitting by that phone or by their email as it's being passed through, because as you can guess, the consumer immediately wants an answer so they can move on with their day. And so a lot of lead generators, aggregators, there are a lot of platforms that are available in order to try to make sense of the hundreds of lead generators out there. And then there's been a lot of movement in the space where companies like All Web Leads have started to acquire some of these groups in order to make it a little bit more consumable for agencies. But it's forcing agencies to look in other directions, not just always buying leads, but also creating platforms and communication through marketing to try to go after more niche product. And that's where I think agencies are landing more today is leveraging social and certain communication to say, you know what? If I'm going to try to get leads, I'm only going to go after it in trucking. So now let me make an entire campaign or program around that. Because if I try to compete and buy from lead aggregators, you lose a lot more than you gain. And then you get burnt out on it. So it's this tricky, challenging world to try to have to navigate. 
So thanks, Jason. So Russ Davies, introduce yourself really quickly, and then um, let's tee up some of these questions with Jason kind of giving a little bit more of a backdrop on his experience of trying to help agencies through the lead generation game. Um, let's jump into a couple of the um, questions that we've had uh, or that we have for today. So um, introduce yourself and then let's talk about how do you generate leads in your prospects? Um, I know, you know, again, probably 90% are coming from the old traditional methods of, um, you know, referrals and, and networking, but what's your process? Um, how do you track your pipeline? And then who's responsible for it? So Russ, uh, you get us started. Sure. Yeah. This is Russ Davies up in Northwest Ohio. Um, you know, we have, really dependent on trustedchoice.com generally speaking as as uh, Jeff and I were talking before this session you know over the past year it's been almost uh uh, by fate, kind of, we've had 125 leads from that, um, and really, we're putting those leads into the hands of of one person to run with them. Uh, who's who's uh, we've generally just been doing it on the personal line side of things right now. Uh, we hand those over to our commercial lines lead and allow that individual to hold the responsibility for them. Um, and I will honestly, it's a mixed bag. I mean, we're we've got a wide radius out there of where we're attracting some of those 125 recommendations. Uh, ranging from home auto life, et cetera. Uh, but, you know, analyzing its effectiveness, it's, it's a learning curve for us. You know, what are, what is the end consumer truly interested in? Uh, Cause it's a, it's a high priority of ours to not become, not buy into the commoditization, uh, but make sure they're actual leads, people that mix with our culture as well. So uh, it's gotta be a right, a right end game for both the, the consumer and us as an agency. Awesome. Thanks. Thanks, Russ. So um, sounds like at least on the digital side, you guys have one tracking. Really quickly, Russ, before we jump over to Jonathan and Al, what about your traditional method for your pipeline and your process um, around developing your pipeline and your process? So what are you guys using um, there? Is it is it just you're sending your producers out? I mean, you're, obviously, you're probably giving them some direction saying, you know, participate in this chamber of commerce, this rotary, um, all of these various, um, you know, existing infrastructure or organizations. Sure. But it, it, tell me, tell me, tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, we're very entrepreneurial in allowing our producers to to go after what interests them. We think that that's a winning combination. Uh, we've allowed them. We've had success actually in some some telemarketing, honestly, in the last 12 months, um, when you find the right group that can do that. Um, and when the producer finds a, a, a niche business, something that they're interested in, getting really good at those particular things that trigger a, a, a better result with those consumers, being able to talk their game and not just kind of fumbling around, we are finding even up here in Northwest Ohio, we it's difficult to just be generalist and still find success with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, we use that. We also use Zywave. Uh, you know, looking at that helps us when we do find a find a, a vertical. Helps us kind of build a, a a case around around that specific industry. Right. Um, good. Good deal. Yeah, we we talked a little bit about Zywave and some of the groups on the line right now. I know are using them and and have found them to be effective. Once you do get that lead in, um, so. Jonathan, share with us a little bit your experience down there in Southwest Ohio and now and now in Tennessee. Um, first start again, just reintroduce yourself to the group. And then um, if you don't mind, how do you generate your leads and prospects? Um, how much of it, if you had to go on, you know, one to a hundred, how much of it is coming in, you know, networking or referrals, the old traditional methods versus um, 
some of the new stuff. And then when you do get it in, what's your process? How do you track it? Um, and then who's responsible for it? Sure. Um, so yeah, Jonathan Theaters, CEO resource and, and, um, primarily we do through active pipeline management. So on a, on a weekly basis, our entire sales team and the sales team being outside, uh, producers uh, and, and any internal personnel that connect with the new business sales, um, process, um, are either physically together or on a call. Uh, we actually just finished it this morning. Um, and the way that, uh, the struggle that I've always found um, is that, um, at least in our business, is that uh, the pipeline ends up being very wavy. It's you you build up your pipeline, you execute, you issue new business, and then you gotta go fill your pipeline again. And so active pipeline management has been the biggest key. So. For us, um, we wait every sales stage from, um, a, you know, just a cold uh, target to a warm target to then moving forward to a first meeting and then to a risk management assessment and going through. And each one has a different percentage that weights that opportunity. So if it's a $100,000 premium and it's a first meeting, you're going to get 25% credit. So you're, you would have $25,000 into your pipeline. Um, the way that we run is that you have to have two two times um, whatever your annual goal is. If I want to write a million dollars for the new business, I need to have a weighted pipeline of $2 million. And so um, at varying stages based on those percentages and where they are, that's how we've managed. And so if you do not have enough in your pipeline, then you got to fill that with new um, targets and start moving that through the through the process. And we we primarily so um, we've managed that pipeline probably that way for the last three or four years, and it has been an awesome way to be able to have consistent new business at varying sales stages and not have to worry about you know that kind of waviness that tends to be what what we had experienced in the past. Um, as far as new gener- um, um, way we're getting our leads, uh, they're primarily through uh, referrals, networking, you know, very traditional methods. Uh, but also we do use um, MyEdge, which was just purchased by Zywave, which was good. Um, the Connect In um, has been a great source of, of lead generation, allows you to do a lot of um, uh, research on the customer. Um, we can identify who their accountant is, who their attorney is, who their current health broker is, um, some PNC brokers you can also figure out um, but what we use that for is, is those centers of influence so if I can pull down a list of a hundred names that are C- our CPA or a CPA I'm going to work with um, I already know they have them as customers they're not divulging anything I can just say hey is this something you could make a connection for me so it's being a lot more intentional to say who do we know that can get us in front of this customer we believe we would have a great fit for Wow. Okay. Awesome. Um, good stuff, Jonathan. Thank you. Um, Al, how about you? What's your, what are you guys using um, throughout your footprint? Again, introduce yourself really quickly and then how are you generating leads? Are most of them still coming from the traditional method and then uh, your process for managing when they get in? Um, how do you track your pipeline? Um, so yeah, jump in Al. Yeah, so Al Thomas from Wickert Insurance. Um, so just as what's described, we use uh, active uh, pipeline management. Uh, we're meeting regularly and reviewing pipelines with uh, producers, and we track uh, not only the pipelines, uh, but we track their activity. Uh, and very similar to what was just discussed, you know, having a pipeline that is a, a multiple of whatever your sales goal is, and if you don't have that that you know, within your pipeline, how do you build it up? Having said that, 
um, you know, from a from a digital leads, uh, we I would say probably our most active is Trusted Choice um, or our you know our own web and blogging activity. Uh, all that information gets you know entered back in uh, to the various pipelines. Uh, it's hit or miss at best. I think we've struggled with buying leads and and uh, doing things of that nature just because of uh, one the cost, the quality, uh, and and who you're ultimately competing com- competing with uh, in that arena. Uh, one of the things that we do is, is we uh, earlier this year we signed up to HubSpot. So for us, what that gives us is it gives us the ability to track not only uh, our producers' activities and respective pipelines, but it integrates that um, the the marketing aspect of it and the social aspect of it, and feeding that information and those leads that come in directly into our pipeline. So it's not a manual process, uh, and it's a much more integrated way for us to track. Uh, not only what our producers do are doing, but also how our clients are interacting with our brands and our various websites and things of that nature. Al, that's perfect. You um, you touched on um, where we're going next. So you were you were reading the slides before we got there. Um, managing and analyzing um, the pipeline. So what, let's keep it to you. You talked a little bit about HubSpot and using that in your guys's um, agency. So. Um, what kind of analytic tools, analytical tools do you use within HubSpot to evaluate it? Is it, um, has your experience been um, where you can get, you know, really good dashboards that are readily available for um, you as a business leader and for your producers and your sales team to, to review and analyze? Or um, what's, so what's kind of your experience been in terms of the analytic um, analytics tools, and then um, your your ability to assess the effectiveness of of building that pipeline. So the uh, it's probably the best tool I've seen that I've dealt with in my career, and in, in that being so, so. Here is I think the challenge of managing salespeople, and that is when you're going through your sales meeting, uh, they're going to talk about opportunities and things that are there, and it's really trying to determine what's real. Um, and a lot of times when in, I'll say in the traditional sales organization, you really can't, uh, it really comes back to results of, okay, if they have results, they're clearly doing activity, uh, and it works, uh, where we kind of ran into a hurdle a couple of years ago is when you have a new, uh, a newer producer and you're going through, and unless you're having, you know, you, I'll call it a pipeline tool, hey, I've got these items in pipeline, but they can't hit, they can't close, there aren't the meeting follow-ups that are there, uh, almost like a babysitting. What HubSpot uh, gives you is so long as they're, the individual is using the system, you can literally, it's completely transparent. It brings complete transparency to the process. So if you wanted to see an email that was sent to the client, it'll be captured in the system. You can record calls within the system, so you can do coaching and, and role-playing around that. Uh, you can automate your follow Follow-ups, so you can you you take away that opacity that can uh, uh, exist within the sales process with this tool, and really cut to the brass tacks. Uh, and that's why I'm saying, you know, when you have a new producer, it's yes, it's about having a sales goal, but the secondary goal is really about building that pipeline. Uh, and if you can't go in and look at the activities and seeing what they're doing uh, from a distance, and that's one of our challenges is with the number of offices we have in Ohio, you can't sit with a producer every day. You can't sit with a developing producer. This takes that 
you know, and gives complete transparency to it. So you can really see what's going on in a producer's world. In addition to that, what's really nice about it is it can automate uh, that sales process. So depending upon how a client's engaging with us, we can automate a follow-up or a response via an email template. So the producer has that leverage of not having to recreate every communication every single time. With the templates, we can automate portions of that customer journey, uh, and hopefully that leads to an increased sales rate and a bigger pipeline. Hey, Al, this is Jason. I just wanted to jump in, one, to offer potentially some help or assistance, but two, maybe it's being tracked in HubSpot, which would be great for all of us to know. Um, so experience that we had was we were always trying to figure out, all right, we're making a lot of outbound calls. We send out emails, and we have a cadence to that. And our prescription at the time was around 14 total touch points before you would mark uh, an opportunity dead, go back into the pipe, and it would probably come up again in another year, that particular agency or person that we were reaching out to. Once we aggregated data, and we were using Salesforce, so it doesn't quite do this for you, but all the data exists, so you have to data mine a bit. We were able to look at, of all the outbound efforts that we were performing, we started to notice a trend that we were getting diminishing return after seven to nine touch points. And so originally, we were at 14. We were able to cut five to seven touch points out of the mix, which then would force our salespeople to go back and generate more leads in order to be able to hit those goals of 2x your revenue goal. And it was forcing people to be a little bit more accountable so they couldn't hang and say, oh, I've got you know three to four more outreach, we would push back and say, it only takes seven before you know that lead is dead. Are you able to assess in such a manner within HubSpot through the data they're providing? And if not, I would just leave it out there that it's possible to aggregate your salespeople's production and their efforts, and you start to mark that point of diminishing return, and it has an immediate impact on your effort. So the question is, is HubSpot doing that for you? Uh, I'd love to say we've gotten that far within HubSpot, but we haven't. Um, so it's a very valid question, and I'd have to dig into it and look at it. Um, and, and the bigger question is, is can we, you know, is that data aggregated to a point of saying, okay, here's where it's at. So we can go on on an, a, a prospect by prospect look and see how our efforts are going or their interaction with us and, and how we've how we've closed. But I've got to go back in and look. I mean, I've got enough dashboards and reports to be able to customize it to see, okay, here, you know, here's what it's ultimately doing for us. But I, I think that's a great point, Jason. And, and Jonathan has brought up the active pipeline management. It sounds actually like a recurring theme amongst the three on the call. And so if, if that's the way that you're, you're driving that the, your success metrics to be able to look at and start to define some goals for your producers to say, look, we're going to have some goals that are going to be a little bit uncomfortable. I'm going to ask you to stop after five to seven touch points, which includes your outbound calls plus your email drips, because in aggregate, we know that you do anything beyond that, you're just wasting time. And that starts to put and force a little bit of parameters that, again, are uncomfortable at first, but you notice that your pipeline activity picks up. And it's especially important because we were doing it too. Active pipeline management is bread and butter to a business, no matter how many aggregators and lead providers you can buy from. Jeff, this is Russ, and uh, I, I agree with Al's. Uh, we use PipeDrive. Um, our best, some of our best uh, sales pitches, our producers were giving were to the sales manager on a weekly basis. Yeah, and so using PipeDrive, not only could we kind of customize 
the the program to our process, you know, setting up individual columns and where we kind of put check marks throughout the sales process. But it gives us those analytics to kind of help us understand where do the behaviors start to take a left turn? You know, where is the process getting choked out most frequently? Uh, and so you can run that by by producer, by us in the whole, uh, as all the producers combined. So it's really been helpful. It also helps kind of track those goals against the web individual producers goals um, what behaviors they need to change to get there good deal Russ um, so Jonathan jump in you uh, you, you talked about active uh, pipeline management um, and, and a couple of the tools you use um, we've heard about HubSpot and um, you know pipeline what what are you guys specifically using to analyze um, your you know your success rate and some of the and, and these tools that you use yeah, we really push everything through Applied Epic system. So we use the opportunities uh, within, um, so be the sales opportunities. Uh, what I like about, um, and HubSpot offers, um, we, we did explore HubSpot um, and a couple other vendors, um, and there's a lot of great enhancements that they provide that are a little more robust than the Applied system. Um, our struggle or what we've always pushed is how do we get more and more and more into our database um, to keep from having to recreate the wheel or do double entry. Um, so opportunities has actually grown quite a bit. Um, it is how we manage the sales stages. So everything is there. You can move from your iPhone um, through mobile producer. You can do anything from that standpoint. You can keep complete, just similar to HubSpot. Um, but the other part, too, that's really nice is it does weight everything and it does calculate how long something's been in a particular sales stage. So when we meet on our pipeline report, if somebody has had, say, something in a first meeting for 45 days, well, you can't have a – I mean, it's, it's got to move somewhere. It's got to go up or down. Um, and so we can manage the timeline by based on time. Uh, but also the accuracy of that weighted pipeline is is very critical. Um, and then what's been also nice about using opportunities is the service staff um, uses that as well for um, any account rounding. So while the, what's been a side benefit that's been really good is our pipeline reports keep the producers involved as to what the service staff is working if they're adding a cyber liability policy or a workers' comp policy or you know some kind of account rounding mechanism. Um, it can, loops everybody in to see not only what the new production staff is doing, but also the sales staff. Um, so we use the Applied Epic um, opportunities and, and pipeline reports to manage those. I, I have a quick question for you guys. I just want to shift the conversation a little bit. Have any of you tracked the difference in retention between your accounts that you got through referrals versus accounts that you generated from online? Uh, this is Jonathan. We do we do track the ones that we receive um, that are from existing clients um, as through a traditional referral, whether that's asking for the referral or that's somebody just giving us a referral. Um, and um, we have if it kind of bounces up and down, but the I think the net average the last time we saw was 67 percent. Um, was the hit ratio on the referrals. The call-ins that aren't tied or we hadn't been able to identify who, um, where they came from um, is less than 10. I mean, it's, it's almost to where you, I mean, in all grand scheme of things, you, you, you'd almost be better off 
not even <laughs> following through with it. Um, and that's been our internal conversation here is how do we create a system or outsource or use some things like Bull Penguin or things of that nature? How can we, you know, drive this 100% of these? If we're only writing 10%, it's a, it's a lot of wheel spinning. Um, is there a better way to handle those? Um, um, and it, and those tend to also be the smallest of opportunities, um, which, you know, seems amazing to me that somebody for a couple thousand dollar premium would get five brokers involved um, and spend a lot of time to what would probably save a hundred dollars. Um, it's, it tends to be where we aren't as effective is on that smaller business, which also tends to be some of those columns. So, um, but we're open to new opportunities to execute a little bit better on those. Yeah, I'm just wondering what sort of um, qualifying questions um, you could be asking to kind of cut those phone calls out and determine if it's an actual good prospect um, moving forward. I'd be curious to see like what, I know you said smaller businesses, but I'd be curious to see what specific uh, line of business the majority of those that come through are, like construction or landscaping. Ours is pretty much it's. But to be honest with you, I don't think we've ever really identified anything in them. Uh, a lot of consultants, um, but it's kind of across the board. But I will say uh, what we did do um, recently, and I don't have enough determination to know if it's how effective it's going to be. But just uh, it's like three weeks ago, we created a custom form through Indio. Um, to gather the initial information, um, and we just send them a link. Let me send you a link. What's great about it is when they take the time to fill out, we feel like they'll be a little bit more engaged to um, executing. Um, and if we don't ever get a response, then I feel like we've we've done part of our duty to to try to acquire the information. If they found it somewhere else through State Farm or whoever, then let them go their direction. But uh, it's been a that has been something new that we've sent a new business intake form um, to try to gather the information. But again, it's new, so I don't have a ton of data yet. Okay. Al, Al and Russ, you guys have anything else to add on that in terms of, um, you know, uh, leads, qualifying leads, retention rates, success with them versus um, the traditional approach? I would say the the analytics available in PipeDrive have been really helpful to us. I mean, we can tell how long it takes to win an account, how long it takes to lose an account, kind of by stage, kind of the velocity of a deal. Uh, it's fascinating to watch them. some of that lower kind of profile stuff. It always gets it gets to the negotiation stage. We've presented the information, but then the producers are let, seem less inclined. They're not focused on it. It hangs out there at the final stage until somebody initiates some contact finally to close the thing out, win or lose. You know, so. So it's given us some some good data to to follow up on and kind of change some processes around. Okay. Al, any other insight from you on this? I haven't really, uh, let me rephrase that. We haven't compiled the analytics on this side, but my experience from prior lives was I think that referral, uh, uh, client referrals, uh, tends to be a little bit stickier from a retention perspective uh, than your web originated or, or other methods uh, other methods of business or origination um, just because it's coming in a you know usually from a trusted resource either ours or theirs and, and it tends to be a little stickier mm-hmm. okay 
Um, okay, as we jump into, you know, really the final couple of questions um, of this conversation, before we do that, Brent Soller, I know you're on the line and I want to bring you in um, because you might have a totally different approach to some of these um, activities than what, you know, Jonathan Russ and Al have spoken to. Um, as you uh, introduce your, yourself and your agency really quickly, um, again, for, for, for everyone who's participating and listening, but um, what we kind of covered is um, your approach to lead generation, building the pipeline for prospects. How do you manage your pipeline? Um, what tools do you use to analyze whether or not your pipeline's healthy and whether it's moving through the process? So um, that's kind of the, the, the whirlwind of topics we've discussed so far. So if you, if you don't mind, jump in, Brent, do a quick introduction and then uh, share a little bit on, on that type of activity. Sure. I uh, apologize for my lateness. My, uh, so, Solar Insurance Agency here in Central Ohio, um, we have uh, seven full-time employees. It's a family firm, uh, three family members in it. Um, so, uh, as far as the, and we're, I think it might be helpful for someone. We're heavily um, personal lines and life insurance. So, eighty uh, percent. Uh, personal lines um, in our PNC book uh, on overall revenue for the firm were about 80% property and casualty and 20% life insurance. So um, as we work with people, we currently we utilize uh, Hawksoft um, as an agency management system, and they have a tool um, called Sales and Retention, which we use. So it allows anyone in the in the business to whether it's a customer service agent or a producer to go in and put someone in as a you know a lead unqualified qualified you know prospect um, and then refused and why they refused and it can you can set follow ups for the for the next year if they they said thanks but no thanks um, we could be a lot better at that I would think um, it does. And the retention tool, I don't want to say it's rudimentary, um, but it's not anything like uh, pipe drive. Um, and so it's a little bit more basic than that. It's something we need to improve upon. Really, what we try to focus on is rounding out accounts. We want you know those, those clients to be multi-line clients, and we've seen retention go up dramatically uh, from you know even home. If you just have a single auto to a home and auto, it increases, and then from a home and auto... Uh, we include life insurance and an umbrella. We get very sticky up into the high 90s retention rates. So um, our average retention rate is close to about 93% with um, overall, but there's a huge divergence between uh, those. They're almost transitory, uh, the people that call in and buy auto insurance. It's, I'm sort of what was said earlier about the conversion rate being closer to 10%, we're probably that, and then those people probably stay six to eight months on average, where if we get home, auto, umbrella, and life insurance, we're looking at probably 20 to 30 years as a client. So it's a really pretty dramatic difference. So I hope that's a quick, that's a quick synopsis. I hope that's helpful. Yeah, no, that's perfect, Brent. Uh, thank you for, for jumping in and sharing a little bit of that insight. So um, all right, the last couple of things we want to cover are digital lead generation partners. And again, for the purposes of using the, 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 the new terms, we can talk about um, exchanges, about referrals, about recommendations, whatever you want to call them. But a couple of you have already mentioned that you've used or you use trustedchoice.com to try to generate some digital leads. Um, and, you know, Jonathan, you had talked about, you know, um, you know, maybe your pipeline is more of the traditional method and didn't have a lot of success with, um, you know, call-ins and, 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 and online. 
Um, are, are any of you, other than TrustedChoice.com, um, are any of you using, any of you purchasing lists? Are you buying, are you, you know, buying lead, uh, digital lead gener generation in some way? Are you working with any other vendors or partners outside of what you've already mentioned? So, um, you know, no particular way in jumping into this, but any of you speak up if you are, or if you've explored any, if you've had demos where you felt like they were good, um, you know, prospects uh, to possibly work with. Uh, this is Jonathan. I had kind of alluded a little bit before, but on um, with regard to um, my edge, um, and that's M I E D G E dot biz. Um, it's been a total game changer for us. So what I love about it is it's an aggregation of of data, mostly governmental forms, the 5500, self-insured, health insurance, um, uh, business travel accident policies, workers' compensation in many states, um, OSHA violations, and it pulls anything into one centralized dashboard that you kind of have this holistic view of anything that's 401k related, ERISA bond related. Um, and what I like about it is it tends to be um, when within the last year, somebody's filled out some form of governmental form. And so you know who the signature is, you know who all their vendors are, and it's real time. One of the things we've struggled with some of the data mining companies is the data is so poor. Um, and you're, you're calling on somebody who hasn't been there in six years. Um, and so that's one of the things we like about MyEdge. Um, what's also nice is, like, I can grab hey, I want these 10 zip codes, and I want anybody that's not in compliance with an accurate um, uh, ERISA bond. And so it'll know, hey, I've got this much in assets, and I have an ERISA bond that at least I put on my form incorrectly, uh, which can be a trigger for a Department of Labor audit. Um, is it likely? Meh, maybe not. Uh, but can it be? Yeah, you you have two years of uncompliance on the ERISA bond. That can be a trigger. And so it's been an op a great door opener to us to be able to say, hey, do you realize that you could have triggered a Department of Labor audit? Let me come in and have a conversation with you. Um, that simple act has opened up a tremendous amount of doors. And so that's the tool that we found has generated the most accurate information. Um, and then the biggest key, as I mentioned before, was knowing who their accountants and attorneys are, have been very beneficial as well. Because uh, to know that they're with Clark Schaefer Hackett or they're with Cleating Muting and Clique Camp or Dinsmore, whoever it may be, uh, has been great because now I can call on my re relationships and be able to say, hey, is this somebody you can give me insight and maybe an introduction to? So. Good deal, um, Russ. Sound like you had something to share as well. Thanks, Jonathan. Russ, what uh, what were you going? What were you going? Yeah, promote? really, it's it's more on the DIY side, and, and we haven't really spoken about it yet. But LinkedIn continues to be probably the uh, the, the leading edge of, of our efforts, using the advanced search functions, really being able to hone in on on people you want to have a conversation with. From a digital standpoint, it's hard to beat that uh, because you can gather a lot of information as you get deeper and get better at, at some of the uh, the more advanced search functions, like I said. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> Al or Brent, you guys have anything? Uh, you guys using anything, again, other than trustedchoice.com? Are you using anything out in the marketplace right now? So this is Brent. Uh, the, the only thing we are looking at, I mean, we, we've been in conversations with Old Penguin. Um, we're a little small for them right now, so. Um, but that's something that's been ongoing. But um, we use Zywave. Um, Zywave is one of our, you know, one of the vendors we have, and they produce documentation mostly, and they do have an automated sort of email campaign you can set up. They also have an OSHA violations database 
that has been set up specifically for prospecting. So the idea is uh, just going to sort of what Jonathan was saying with my edge, but only with OSHA violations. You can search uh, in your area or by industry, sort of by zip code, and it gives you insights into any violations that um, came up and also how long uh, it's been since someone has gone through uh, an audit. So the only, I would say, negative to that um, is that anyone with Zywave can do this. So we've called on a few people, and they've also received calls from people with other agents with Zywave. So, uh, you know, it is what it is. It's sort of out there. Um, but it does give you some insight, and they have a lot of materials that we can then follow up with. So that's the only thing we've been using. We used to have a relationship with Trusted Choice. Um, it wasn't successful. We considered going back into it maybe with a little bit more knowledge on how to set up a profile to make it a, a more effective uh, relationship, but uh, that was something we we uh, used to have. I have a question for any and everyone. Um, what I think threw me off today about coming to this discussion was thinking about lead generation and thinking about it more from the perspective that there are all these providers out there where you can buy them for 25 to 100 bucks. What I'm hearing resoundingly, and I, it doesn't surprise me, is that referrals are your number one source. If you start going down the path of a lead provider, your retention's bad, the the customer is a multi-line or a, a monoline customer. What would you want or what is the expectation in order for these lead providers to be on your radar and to use? Because my guess is you've been burned by them or you've heard too many stories that they're just not investable, so you haven't used them. But if you could have a crystal ball and say if these things were met by these lead providers, man, I'd, I'd work with them all day long. Hey, Jason, it's Al. I, you know, what I think, that's a great question. You know, what, what I think it really boils down to is, is uh, I'll call it effectiveness or, or your close ratio, right? Um, of if, if you're going to spend or if we're going to spend the money, whatever that is, to get them, we, I don't think you can tie in or to date people have been able to tie in that return yet. Um, or a fair return. It's been, you know, predominantly one-sided where you spend a lot of, you know, some pretty hard-earned money uh, on them and you just don't see the return um, on the investment. And I think that would be one of the things, you know, as far as bridging that gap of uh, you, you hit the nail on the head earlier of, hey, they're not only selling this information to you, they're selling this information to whomever uh, they can. Uh, it sure would be nice if you could find more of a dedicated partner. And that's where I think these, you know, almost what we're hearing uh, is the, you know, referrals on a one-on-one -on -one basis where we probably have a good idea where if we're presenting something, we're not getting that accountant, that attorney isn't referring it to four other people and suddenly you're in a, you're in a competitive environment. You've built that trusted uh, relationship and you know you're going to have a pretty good chance of closing that, whether it's this year, next year, or the year down the road. Uh, that That's the, the big gap that I see in the, you know, in the leads. And I don't, you know, on the surface, I don't know if it can be provided, but I think it really comes back to the effectiveness of those, of the leads and the lead source. Thank you, Al. So close ratio, not a fair return. Are there other responses? I, I think Al hit it right on the head. I, that's exactly what I would have said. Very well put. Mm -hmm. okay. 
And what I'm hearing too is there's a commonality where Zywave seems to be a respected partner. And I, one of you said, you know, right now they produce a lot of content, but then they've got this MyEdge where they're starting to provide at least lists that have more information about specific niche audiences. So is it fair to say that if someone were focusing on specific, let's say, industries on the commercial side and were able to create opportunities where now you have a gold mine to call into to, with some information that you're empowered by because it's publicly available somewhere, even if you're not playing in that industry today, would you be willing to with the right amount of information and then content to be able to market to them to say, I am uh, a person in your market that could help you with risk management? Would you be open to that? It sounds like it's the leads aren't matching the content or the content may not be matching the leads. We're all looking for quality, some sticking power and something that's not just auto. Jason, it's Al again. I think that would be, uh, you know, definitely something of interest. And it's, you know, we've previously had conversations about this. It's just, you know, what I think is the big gap in our space is it's, you know, that marketing content. Uh, if you could tie that marketing content or a lead to a specific niche or, or message, I, you know, I think it will improve uh, the closing ratios and the likelihood of an interaction with that with that lead. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, all right. We talked trustedchoice.com. A couple of you have had experience with it. Brent sounds like you, you know, you pulled out, didn't have a great experience. Um, Bull Penguin, we, uh, someone brought up, Brent, you mentioned it briefly. Um, have you guys had any experience with them yet? Have you learned anything about them? Is there, um, is there been any, again, and they, they, they particularly don't like to be put in the lead generation category, but, um, you know, they have an exchange, a commercial marketplace exchange where you can transfer leads and you can pick up leads um, or, or recommendations, referrals, or opportunities. Um, what, uh, have you guys looked at it at all? And um, again, I know, Brent, you mentioned you didn't think you were, you know, right now your agency's the right size for what they're looking for, but um, anyone else, has anyone else given them a look and, and, and given any consideration to it? We have not. We have not either. Okay. All right. Sounds, I mean, it's, we hear a lot about it in Columbus because they're, you know, located right down the street and they've entered into relationships with like Nationwide and Progressive and a couple other carriers where they've created, you know, this exchange. I know they're, they're, they're working a lot with some of the larger national brokers, um, but I don't know that they've drilled down yet to, um, you know, a lot of the, the, the small, mid and, and large agencies and brokers across um, at least our state yet. So, all right. Um, policy bond again is another one that we've gotten contacted from where they're um, you know they're 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 claiming like a lot to have a higher success ratio of matching of, of having analytics behind how they match um, perspective leads with um, agencies and having a better close ratio for agencies but these are kind of again some of the um, some of the different solution providers out there in the lead generation world. Um, so with that, um, any any closing comments or, or anything from this group, from our roundtable, I, I will just say thank you guys so much for your time. We 
greatly appreciate it. Um, this has been incredibly insightful. And, um, you know, again, with this topic, we know right now, I don't think there's any perfect solution, but there's certainly, um, you know, some folks that are in the business who are trying to do it differently than, you know, purchasing the lead in the past, like it's been in the past and trying to, you know, produce uh, better, more qualified um, opportunities for you. So any closing comments from, from our team or from uh, any of the folks on the line? Uh, this is Jonathan. I mean, I just really wanted to say um, thank you, Jeff, and the, the OIA team because um, you know you you live in your world and you do things that you know, or you might even try things that you've heard, but that, to take the time to listen to other thought leaders in the uh, across the state and um, and beyond, for that matter, um, is really influential. It makes your minds either con- confident that you're on the right path, or really question and think about new things. So I, I appreciate you doing these because I think they're uh, highly impactful to us to get out of our own little box that we've created for ourselves and start thinking um, bigger and bolder. So I, I want, just want to say thank you for that. Well, thanks for those kind words, Jonathan. And this only works because you all are willing to give up your time and share some of your insights on what you're doing out there and the, the success you're having. And obviously our, our goal and role and mission is, is to try to grow the independent agency system. So if we can grow the four agencies on this on this uh, in this roundtable conversation, and then everyone else who participates and listens and learns from what's happening, um, I like our chances of competing with you know some of these direct to consumer options. I like our chances of you know uh, uh, continuing to cut into the captive marketplace share out there in uh, in our state and across the country. So again, thank you guys for being a part of this. And uh, with that, we we'll wish you happy holidays, and we'll connect uh, after the first of the year.